Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bono, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go. So today my guest is Charles Tine, entrepreneur and president of the Small Projects team. Um, it's an NGO born out of international collaboration in Ukraine, Poland and France, working on making a rapid and direct humanitarian impact uh, on diverse projects. Hi, and thank you for making the time, Charles. Yeah, it's good morning. It's a pleasure to, to speak to you, Tatiana. Wonderful. And Let's start with for, a bit of a... Yeah, sorry. No, I was just saying uh, thanks for receiving me uh, on your podcast. It's uh, very exciting. Wonderful, my pleasure. Tell me, yeah, tell me a bit of a background, like how how did you get to do what you're doing? How did the small project for NGO start? Well, uh, it's um, it's a story which is unfortunately starting to be a bit uh, long um, (laughs) because I was. uh, actually, you know, I I was in branding. In fact, I was in a, mm. a online brand protection business. I was running a a company uh, for a domain name and monitoring of brands, of usage of brands, etc. It is a company I um, uh, sold back in 2021, and then I, you know, was starting to uh, um, have other projects, other uh, entrepreneur projects, and I was actually uh, not involved in any. Uh, uh, in any operational role in any uh, company at the time the, the war in Ukraine started. And I was actually uh, visiting my kids, uh, well, mm. grown-up kids in uh, in Paris, uh, late February 21, uh, 2022, uh, from uh, Montreal, where I usually live. And uh, after a week, the, the, the war started. And, uh, you know, uh, I was in France, was close to where everything was happening. Uh, I had seen my kids for a week, so that was fine. <laughs> they were fed up uh, of me, and um, <laughs> so I this I was supposed to you know to go back to uh, to Canada um, like ten days after uh, the war started, and I you know decided that I could uh, try to give a hand uh, at the at the border because I was you know looking of uh, you know at the news as everyone and mm. being very you know emotional about what ha- what was uh, happening. And um, I decided to take a backpack and fly to uh, uh, Krakow. Uh, and oh, wow. then I, you know, I, I met a friend in uh, who was working in humanitarian uh, NGOs in Krakow at that time. So I spent a couple of days with him. You know, talked to me a bit about what was happening on the ground, and I tried to help him with a couple of logistical. Uh, questions and trying to find you know some uh, armored vest for humanitarians etc it was the time where you know everyone had uh, you know no one really had expected what was happening so you know a lot of people were looking for very basic stuff and mm. it stayed a couple of days in uh in krakow and i arrived on i think the third of march uh at the border just with my backpack with no absolutely no idea of what i was uh, about to you know to find and I arrived in Medica, which is the border uh, village uh, at the border of the uh, of uh, Poland and Ukraine. And uh, there were, you know, th- literally thousands of. It was a mm. non-continuous flow of thousands of refugees crossing the border. 
and it's you know it was absolutely huge because the uh, people were waiting three four five days behind the border on the ukraine side because it was a very small uh you know bordering station uh mm. so it was like just two offices and uh, a lot of oh, checking etc so uh and it was a real uh, you know grassroots organization it was a corridor which uh, was created by humanitarians from uh, uh from volunteers from you know really all over the world of course more europe than the rest of the world but i you know met some people from new mm-hmm. zealand from australia from all the countries and uh you know we we started to organize uh um some uh, distribution of uh, of the loads of humanitarian aid which was uh, arriving from all over europe by trucks by mm. vans by private cars uh, it was absolutely incredible it was 24/7 of course and uh and then i moved from medica after some days i moved to a, a nearby city which is called pshemilchen uh in in Poland which was like five kilometers away from the border uh where uh the municipality uh opened a transit center um for refugees uh in an old Tesco um commercial center yeah. which was not used and in fact it became the main uh transit point for all the refugees willing to go to um countries uh uh, outside of the border, of, of the bordering countries. I mean, uh, all the refugees mm-hmm. which, who, who wanted to stay in Poland, they went to the train station and then they went to Krakow and Warsaw, where you had the main mm-hmm. refugee camps. But the, uh, you had the, also some people, um, uh, asking to remain, uh, to, to go to other countries. They didn't want to stay in Poland for whatever reason. Uh, mm-hmm. and all those who wanted to go to, countries not you know outside of Poland they were directed to this center which was uh you know at one stage almost 2000 people uh 2000 you know uh, people staying two or three days and uh, then uh, the 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 volunteers on the ground in this center they started to create some uh, country uh, booths you know country uh, uh, help help desk i would say mm-hmm. and this this help desk were a mix between the uh, travel agency, immigration uh, information, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, <laughs> tr- trying to find some, you know, foster families, uh, some transport, some informations about the uh, immigration rules, etc. And remember, everything was starting. I mean, it was uh, it was a time where you know we had no information about the statutes that they would get because mm-hmm. it was just before the European Union put in place the Unified Statute. So mm-hmm. it was, uh, and so I I founded the French desk. Uh, put a French flag, uh, and then received, mm-hmm. uh, and then gathered some more volunteers, and we uh, we created this uh, uh, this uh, this desk, and you had about 15 countries uh, which were uh, present on, on this uh, center, and uh, basically we we managed to get about 1,000 people on the road every day with a, a, a free transport, with mm-hmm. uh, a family with or center waiting for them. At the end of the road, etc. It was absolutely incredible, and, and wow. it was again 24/7. And we had, you know, we we saw all the flows. We saw the people from Irpin. We saw the people from Mariupol. We saw the people from the, uh, you know, from all the cities uh, with all the the waves of, uh, you know, of uh, people. Uh, of course, the first ones mm-hmm. were people from Kiev uh, and Bucha, Irpin, and all the Battle of Kiev. Uh, but then we, you know, like a week after, we had uh, uh, we started to see some flow from Mariupol, and the more uh, the more eastern, I would say, 
uh, it was the more uh, difficult it was for those families because they were, uh, you know, mm. uh, people from Kiev. They tend to be uh, uh, English speakers. You had mm -hmm. uh, you had at least you know more than one out of two people English speakers. But when it comes to the west, to the east side of the country, it was much more difficult. So Google Translate was our best friend, and <laughs> but you know, <laughs> no, it was it was uh, absolutely uh, uh, it was breathtaking. It was. Uh, very emotive, uh, very challenging, but it, as I say to most people, uh, we were miracle makers because we really mm. managed to get everybody on the road with the, with, uh, Facebook, WhatsApp groups, which were, you know, uh, being created by the day, uh, with people, uh, starting to spread the word that there was this uh, this center so we received a lot of humanitarian aid we had the, the warehouse of the tesco center which is big mm. i can tell you uh, it was full of beds of clothes of uh, wheelchairs of uh, you know uh, uh, food everything and people were coming by the day you know uh, tens of uh, of people of people from everywhere in europe were coming to propose the help the help and 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 take take people back to uh, their homes and uh, host those people, etc. The solidarity movement was absolutely incredible. That's and then, uh, that, then I was supposed to stay a week. I stayed two and a half, <laughs> uh, I stayed two and a half months. Um, and uh, and I, after a certain time, I had a bit of pressure from, from home to come back. I can imagine. <laughs> uh, yeah, so especially that I was not, you know, being uh, very clear with my information. <laughs> because I was uh, saying, okay, I will, <laughs> I will come back next week. I will come back next week, and we we'll come back next week. Yeah. And uh, and my wife said at one stage, okay, don't tell me you're going to come back next week because you know it's not true. So tell me that you're going to stay <laughs> one month or two months, but I can arrange myself. But please don't let me like a week, a week, a week, a week. So I I ended up by going back to Canada, and then I, you know, started to work for you know several NGOs on the ground and people I've met. Uh, in this uh, experience and in, in all this uh, flow of, uh, of people. Uh, and to make it short, uh, entrepreneurship came back, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, I finally created my, uh, my own NGO uh, with some, uh, some partners, some uh, uh, Polish partners and French partners uh, at the end of the summer. Uh, 22 and uh, since then uh, we've been you know uh, doing a lot of uh, small projects and the idea of small project is that uh, aside from big NGOs and from big organizations with you know cost of structure with uh, heaviness sometimes etc we wanted to be very mm. uh, agile and very uh, quick to act uh, and the idea mm. was that you know if we receive 500 euros then we don't, uh, you know, we're going to use the 500 euros very quickly. So we did a lot of small projects, small projects being from, uh, you know, like I would say 2,000 euros to 20,000 euros uh, of value. And we uh, uh, we sent uh, almost 200 generators uh, in different places in uh, in Ukraine during the winter. We did, we produced uh, locally in Ukraine some uh, wood stoves that we distributed into some uh, uh, some of the uh, invisibility points that were created by mm -hmm. the by the cities, uh, and then we've done. You know, it's very heterogeneous. It's uh, you know we we've been doing some uh, books uh, distributions to kids. Uh, we have a logistical chain with trucks and warehouses where we help uh, um, uh, NGOs with no transport capability to uh, uh, who collect, especially in France, who collect uh, aid. We we help them to. Mm -hmm. uh, 
to bring that to the ground. So, for instance, uh, yesterday we uh, we um, uh, had uh, uh, several pallets of uh, clothes uh, arriving in Kherson um, from France that we we organized the transport for and uh, that arrived in uh, in Kherson today yesterday basically. That's going to mm. be distributed by some local partners uh, this week to to. Uh, uh, to victims of the the dam uh, um, uh, explosion, so you know it's uh, mm. it's uh, ongoing. We're depending on what we we can uh, we can have, what we received, uh, what fund we receive, and uh, what demand we have from uh, partners on the ground. Mm. Absolutely, I, it does remind me. Um, I, I used to some ages ago I used to work on the marketing. Was helping with marketing of an organization that was actually based in the UK and uh, NGO as well, and um, they were doing projects in Africa. And there was a very similar notion of uh, they were saying there's obviously you know it's great what big organizations are doing, but oftentimes, like you said, they're not that flexible and can be that quick. And also there was another thing where um, oftentimes people don't have understanding of 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 the local everything you know setup culture yeah. uh, language Absolutely. even and, and there's nobody that knows that better than the people that are there themselves and oftentimes that those are small organizations yeah you've got to be really on, on the ground to meet the people to meet the right mm. people because uh you know uh uh there, there is uh it's a fact that there is uh uh, you know, corruption in uh, in the country. So it's uh, it's mm. very important for us to uh, to be sure that the partners we we work with are legit and that they're going to receive and distribute 100 percent of the of the donations that we 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 provide and that they you know the especially for the generators which were costly equipment, new equipment. Mm. So you don't want the you don't want your donation to end up uh, being sold on the secondary market on the black market. Mm. So. Uh, uh, so that's all. Uh, that's all. Uh, uh, it's it's a daily challenge. But now we, you know, uh, we have some legit uh, and and uh, very trustful partners. But um, we we had some, uh, uh, as everyone on the ground, we had some, uh, uh, I would say, bad experience. Uh, mm. And we had, you know, to cut relationship with uh, with several organizations because we felt that they were not reaching our uh, mm. uh, our level of uh, exigence. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I'm I'm gonna bring you back to you mentioned uh, brand protection. You were in brand protection, and because I I work with premium domain names, oftentimes when um, we talk to uh, charities, NGOs, organizations that are not commercial, I, I hear them say, "Oh, well, we're not you know we're not a commercial organization. Branding and naming and all that is not that important to us." What are your thoughts on that? From now, both of your experiences, the one where you used to work in you know brand protection and uh, now as a entrepreneur and uh, ngo uh, founder i i think that's uh humanitarian marketing is very important because uh we all depend on donations so uh, mm-hmm. uh it's absolutely key to be able to uh, uh to to have a, a real marketing strategy and of course branding uh is a part of it uh and that is, of course, the domain name. It's the website. It's the social networks uh, and everything. So it's not uh, less important uh, in uh, humanitarian than in any other business. And uh, uh, humanitarian 
is gathering a lot of funds. There is a lot of competition between. It's a, you know it's comparable to businesses. I mean, you have to position yourself. You have to convince people to give you some uh, some donations. You have to uh, you know to uh, uh, you know to protect also your your uh, uh, your your brand and. Uh, uh, you have to do some reporting on what you're doing, so that's uh, uh, even more important sometimes than uh, than in um, mm. uh, in a business because you have to report. Uh, people don't mm, buy absolutely. anything from you; they give you. So they expect mm. the, the only thing that they expect in return is to uh, to be sure that the money they give you is properly used for what you've mm. promised. Uh, so uh, and 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 even in the choice of our partners on the ground, we had to uh, stop relationship mm. with some partners uh, uh, even though they were doing a fantastic job on the ground um, but they were not mm. uh, giving us any reports because they said they didn't have time blah 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 etc but we know that, mm. uh, that they were doing a fantastic job but they were not up to our standards uh, for the reporting so they didn't send pictures videos etc and people have to understand when they are beneficiaries mm. that everything that we we, we get uh uh we get it only because people trust that we are doing a good job yeah, if they don't so see, for it, yeah exactly so if we if they don't see that we are doing a good job uh even though we might be doing a good job but if we don't communicate mm. uh then it's not going to work I, I i'm not particularly i'm not you know i don't like pictures of kids you know mm. just an example we we have we're currently distributing some books uh in different mm. in four places in ukraine uh, we mm -hmm. have, you know, it's a, it's a program which uh, which is a four thousand euro program, and then we're going to distribute about one thousand two hundred books to children in orphanages, mm -hmm. in hospitals, in IDP centers, etc. We uh, and we're partnering for that with uh, with um, uh, an editing company in Lviv, uh, which is mm -hmm. doing really great books, and they had plenty of international prizes for the quality of their books, etc. And uh, we receive from our partners on the ground plenty of pictures of kids with books, you know, holding books, and posing for the picture mm. with a smile, etc. I, I, I personally, I don't like that. I don't like to use mm. the images of the kids, etc. But, uh, the, but to a certain extent, we need to do that. We need to do that. Mm. Even. Uh, we need to do that properly with the authorization of the family, etc. But we need to do that because because people get sensibilized when they see that the books that they have paid mm. for are actually uh, you know in the hands of the children and the children are happy to read. So this is a virtuous yeah. circle. Uh, and yeah. so yeah, so yeah, branding is. I mean, marketing is very very important. Mm. Absolutely, I do completely. Yeah, get the get what you're saying. We did have, uh, we do have, a very good organization in uh, Nice that that was. It's been there before even the war since uh, since 2014 actually, and um, obviously with with um, with the the war, it has accelerated uh, and grown much bigger to accommodate that flow of, of people. And I, I, I had exactly the same feeling where, and you can see a lot of people like come there to get help and, um, you know, uh, aid and live even in the, the premises and, and they don't like being taking pictures of it. It's, it's you know, yeah. I wouldn't like that with myself and my children. Of so it, it is... It is um, it is a problem, but like you say, and that's I guess where 
that marketing side come, comes in where you have to handle that on both sides. Exactly. Absolutely. So um, what what would you say from, from your experience are some, like if we say some very basic do's and don'ts for, for um, entrepreneurs who launch themselves into charitable projects like that? In, in what way you did say that okay. in a completely way it's very similar to actually running a business but th- there are some specifics i would imagine well well the, the specifics is is really the specific is the reporting that's uh, mm. that's very important they, the people want to see the impact uh, and mm. that is why we uh, you know our baseline is micro humanitarian instant impact because what what uh, mm. uh, people like is the fact that they if they choose us, let's, let's put it that way. Uh, when you have $100 to give to a charity, either you go to Red Cross or you go to uh, UNICEF uh, and mm. you give that and you don't know what's going to happen. You probably expect that uh, 50%, if not more, is going to end up in, uh, in their big salaries, <laughs> uh, mm. in the cost of structure, etc. And you expect that uh, that it's going to arrive on the ground, but you don't know in which country, you don't know. Mm. About uh, but on the other side, if you uh, want to find uh, uh, some organization with an immediate impact, uh, you have a lot of choice. If you go on the internet, if you go to uh, uh, to uh, you know Facebook, etc., and you've got a lot of um, uh, of uh, you know crowdfundings of uh, of pods, etc., and you don't really know uh, whether they are legit, whether it's scam, mm-hmm. whether it's you know it's pure fraud or whatever. So I think that's for anyone uh, willing to create a small business in humanitarian uh, is to give trust. The, the main thing is to mm. give trust. And uh, trust comes from the fact that you show that you are doing uh, valuable uh, actions. And so again, the reporting is very important, but not, not only, uh, it's important to differentiate yourself from uh, uh, from the, you know, the Facebook, uh, I'm not saying that Facebook, um, uh, groups or Facebook organization and that crowdfundings are not legit. I'm just saying that, um, mm. that donors don't really know who they give to. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's, between, it's if you, if you see the two extremes of the spectrum on one side, United Nations mm-hmm. or Red Cross and on the other side, a Facebook page, uh, asking to send money on a PayPal account. Then uh, there is a room in the middle uh, to, but if mm. you want to take this room, uh, you have to be very uh, credible. You know, you you really need to, sh- to to inspire confidence, and by that I mean that you need to have a proper website. You cannot. I don't think it's wise. Not only otherwise you are limited to your first field, you know, to the first circle, mm-hmm. to your friends, your family, and the friends are your friends, but it's not going to expand. <laughs> uh, mm. If you want to expand to people who don't know you, uh, who are not friends and who are not part of this, uh, you know, Facebook kind of activity, if you want to widen the spectrum, then you need to have a proper website because the website will, you know, probably give, if it's well done, it will give trust. Uh, you have to communicate. You have to create your own mailing list. You have got to, uh, you know, to inform the the potential donors every time that we do a, a newsletter. We've got some some uh, some uh, uh, you know some return because we 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 have some donations because suddenly people realize that we're doing something efficient. Mm. So reporting is the key. 
You've got to ask, mm-hmm. but you you can ask whatever you want. If you don't show that you are doing, people won't give to you. And mm. there is a lot of competition. There is a lot of, you know, a lot of people want to uh, to give, but also a lot of people uh, want to receive. So, and the mm. second challenge is to be able to uh, to pass the first emotional level. Uh, I mean, mm. Ukraine, for instance, uh, today it's very difficult to motivate people to give to Ukraine. There is a kind of Ukraine fatigue, uh, mm-hmm. and which is, you know, to a certain extent normal because uh, people have given, 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 uh, you know, after, you know, two and a half, one and a half year, uh, they, they, you know, there is the economic crisis in Europe, etc. They, they won't give, you know, every month. So it's getting more and more difficult to, uh, uh, to, um, to uh, to get some funding actually because uh, mm-hmm. uh, because the press don't you know speak very often now about uh, Ukraine except in the cases of uh, uh, some you know specific uh, events uh, like the dam like the the, the cathedral etc mm-hmm. but otherwise you know it's getting a bit out of the of the the headlights so mm-hmm. uh, the challenge is to uh, it's not a sprint it's a marathon so the challenge is really mm-hmm. to be able to expand the activities to uh, more than the first two months of uh, of uh, emotional uh, situation and of people uh, getting very thrilled to give um, mm-hmm. so uh, so uh, today we receive about 90% of our funding from companies versus mm. uh versus 50 50 uh, last year for instance it's mm. so it's you know it's different uh the, the 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 company really want to show their continuous support and they can because uh, you know we also provide some uh, some tax rebates etc so that, that's another point if if you're in any country in most countries you you have there are laws uh allowing mm-hmm. people to, to can get a, a tax uh, tax rebate or tax credit or whatever uh, if they give to charities, it's very mm-hmm. important uh, to have those statues in the countries that uh, they are operating in. Um, we we are, you know, it's a f- even though I live in Canada, it's a, we the the the, the NGO was uh, founded uh, and legally incorporated in France, and we can provide like sixty six percent of tax credit to each donor uh, mm-hmm. tax resident in France, but you. This doesn't come, uh, you know, uh, straight out of the box. You have to make a lot of um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, procedures uh, to get this accreditation from the French tax office, the tax ministry. So mm-hmm. that is very important because when you're in competition with uh, someone else, you know, if someone, you know, cannot provide this tax credit, then you will mm-hmm. be in a real disadvantage. It was not that important at the beginning because at the beginning of the world, there were plenty of people willing to give. So the fundings were not mm-hmm. that much of an issue. But today, when you're looking for funds, you really need to have this official status, whatever, uh, wherever you operate in. You, you really need mm-hmm. to, to be, uh, to be clear with that. So, and for the, you know, the website, it has to be in .org. Uh, please, uh, do not take .com for charities. That's, uh, <laughs> uh it's a it's not an uncommon mistake uh but it really shows uh uh it, i mean it's a bad start to have uh the name of your char of your website team.com uh so it has to be uh it really has to be a dot org because that's the the naming structure and it's very clear that it's non-profit um mm-hmm. otherwise uh yeah reporting uh communication with the donors regular communication with the donors uh, with uh, with uh, reporting of the actions, mm. I, I, I do. I will allow myself to to um, 
just add on the dot com that obviously the dot org communicates that your charity and it should be your main domain name. In terms of domain strategy, I would advise anyone to still get the dot com as well if it's available because otherwise you one you you're gonna have people confusing and just naturally typing com because it's what they tend to do. And two, you're opening yourself to somebody uh, just picking that name and abusing it in yeah. some way or benefiting from your traffic. So you can redirect it to the .org because that's the main thing, but just for protection, you've been in brand protection, so I would imagine. <laughs> uh, you know what? You what you're saying is what I said to my clients for 25 years. And I, even mm. now, being a client, uh, on the other side, I, <laughs> I even forget. Now I forget to, to uh, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. But now I forget to apply that to myself, yeah. so which, uh, you know, but you're, you're absolutely right. Brand protection uh, is also protecting from cyber squatting uh, and uh, and from uh, any type of direction yeah. of traffic. So, the, yeah, you need to uh, to, 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 to but but uh, uh, on the front line, you have to have your to use your dot org and then get the dot com redirected, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm, mm, absolutely and and yeah like you said that's i mean you it's all about uh, credibility and trust and consistency is, is plays a huge role in that in all cases so yeah that that goes through everything like the brand name the domain name the the care you put into um even you know other domains so or how the whole structure is organized so that you avoid or protect yourself from from anyone are trying in a way to to damage your reputation. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the, the, and you've got, of course, to use the social networks, uh, your Instagram, Facebook, etc. I mean, uh, mm. that's. Uh, that's um, yeah. uh, but the 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 the, the website. If you go to see, for instance, uh, some some corporations, you need to have some corporate documents. You need to be able to mm. present the the structure uh, as professionally as. If you were, you know, a commercial company, I mean, uh, I'm not saying that you cannot achieve anything if you, if it's like more grassroots organization, but I mean, uh, you need to, uh, mm. to, it's, it's better if you can show that you are, uh, uh, well structured, but you need also to show that, uh, that you don't spend too much on, uh, uh too much money, uh, too much mm. on, you know, structural costs, etc. So, uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's a balance. All right, and uh, last question. I'm sure I get up forever, but uh, I'm trying mm-hmm. to keep it um, relatively short so people can listen to to the mm-hmm. podcast in one go. What are you looking forward to? It's it's difficult to say, but I'm sure like you you have a lot of projects, a lot of things in the making. Oh uh, well, personally speaking, I want to you know uh, continue to you know. Uh, as long as it's needed to uh, uh, to do what we're doing to help the the, the Ukrainian population, that we, we're not going to stop and you know until the basically uh, they don't need us anymore. Uh, so the challenge for us is to uh, is to uh, gather volunteers and get people uh, understand that it's uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint, and uh, and it's mm. also a matter of uh, selecting the right people for the the organization because you've got sometimes people coming. You know, to uh, to you know, ask to join us, but they don't really expect uh, the work that they will have to do, mm. or or they come for you know some bad reasons because they want to be on the picture, but they mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> they want to appear as a good person, but they don't really want to work, and uh, <laughs> and they kind of uh, we 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 had some uh, narcissistic profiles, you know, uh, willing or not, uh, you know, to to communicate on their own Instagram accounts and. Uh, 
you know, mm. have some uh, some difficulties to make them understand that the that we're here, that the organization is uh, you know is the is the most important, not the individuals. Mm. So the challenge for us is to renew uh, when we and and it's absolutely normal that people at one stage leave the organization because uh, you know you can't be a volunteer base, you know you you can't be a volunteer uh, all your life. So we had some students. Mm. Uh, you know, who uh, uh, had to go back to school, to, you know, to university or to, or in the, you know, ending their studies, have, bit, have a bit of time for three, four, five months, but now they have to find a proper job. Uh, we have some, you know, some people who were, uh, you know, um, installing, you know, uh, we're working for some companies now turning to entrepreneurship, so they don't have the same kind of, uh, of free time. So that's absolutely normal. It's mm. just a, a matter of organizing ourselves to, to still a core team uh, willing to really be engaged. Uh, so that's uh, that's the human side of it. Now the uh, the challenge for us is still to continue to um, to to get some funding. And uh, uh, when we've got some funding, we there is absolutely no problem for us to to spend the money. Believe me, I mean there are many many projects on the ground mm-hmm. needing uh, some needing some help. Uh, and in the longer run, I mean. Uh, I will personally have to go back to uh, to work at one stage. <laughs> uh, so my kind of sabbatical year, which was supposed to last six months, uh, has now been uh, one and a half years. So uh, I will, you know, um, take uh, still the next six months until the end of the year to uh, uh, to be full time on that, and then I, I will probably have to uh, to pass a bit of time on uh, uh, on uh, matters which uh, help me buying mm. some food. <laughs> because uh, uh, <laughs> basic so, um, stuff like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just basic, but uh, you know, I, I cannot, uh, I cannot sustain this rhythm uh, for for much longer than the, than the end of the year. So, but that doesn't mean that I will stop uh, uh, the, mm-hmm. the the activities. Far from it. I mean, I would, uh, you know, I would certainly you know be more in consulting and capable to. Uh, to uh to um uh organize my time uh the way i want so that's uh that's my my you know next uh next sponsor uh, thoughts uh but also you know it's uh there are plenty of exciting things to do uh you know with the, i've met so many people over the past year and a half so many exciting people uh, mm. interesting people uh you know ukraine is a uh i've learned to to uh to, to know much more about the country uh, and to know about the economy also, to know about uh, the fantastic startup ecosystem that there are. So I, I used to be an entrepreneur in tech, so I'm not going to, uh, you know, to uh, to forget all that part of my life. So, uh, <laughs> uh, there, there are definitely plenty of, I mean, uh, the uh, s- s- the technology, which uh, there are plenty of interesting and uh, and. Uh, um, uh, very. Uh, um, uh, Disruptive. I don't like disruptive word because I think it has been used uh, many times just for marketing reasons. Yeah. But uh, the war has produced uh, a really change in technology and has created plenty of interesting stuff. Uh, so you know, uh, th- there will certainly be some uh, some part of my work which we you know turn to 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 Ukraine with the you know the the, the people that I've met. Uh, so you know, it's not going. I I I'm not going to. Uh, uh, I mean, this war has. Changed lives of millions for for very uh, specific reasons, and it's been dreadfully hard uh, for me. It has also changed uh, some things in my life. I mean, uh, I, you know, when the world stops, I'm not going to say, "Okay, bye bye Ukraine," and that was a mm-hmm. part of my life. I mean, I think that the next years will be 
at least partly uh, uh, around the, what's happening in Ukraine. Mm. I mean, the, the, to put it the other way, the vibe, uh, the, every time I go to Ukraine and I leave, I'm sad to leave. I'm happy to mm. come back home. I'm happy to have a sleep because uh, <laughs> it's tiring to have uh, red alerts every night and uh, and be mm. woken up uh, every night. So uh, when I do that, it's for 15 days. So I can't imagine what it is when you all the time there. But uh, but uh, seriously, the, there is such a vibe in the country. Uh, I left France because I was you know tired of the atmosphere in France. Uh, to be honest, uh, <laughs> when I see the difference. Uh, of atmosphere when I go to Ukraine and when I go to France, there is, you know, I, I, I would be, you know, like with, you know, single, uh, nothing, you know, I, I would definitely set up in Ukraine today. <laughs> do you know, do you know, it's funny, um, we, because we're moving and we were having talks with the director of the school that um, the kids are going to and they're going to the uh, French lycée. And the Kiev, uh, in Kiev, and um, and we were talking to him about so you know how do you feel the atmosphere is there and da, 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 and everything and and he ended up saying do you know what like like if you want me to tell you shortly I've, I've been you know living I've been working in Paris and in Nice uh, and his career was largely in France and then he went to uh, head the school there and he said when I go back to France now I get stressed out <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, absolutely you know. Uh, uh, you know, it's funny because I was uh, I was attending a conference uh, the other day in, in Chantilly near Paris uh, around mm. Ukraine with the presence of um, Alexandra Matvichuk. She was you know, giving mm. a speech, uh, uh, and uh, it was you know uh, during the social unrest in France. Well, the, mm. one of the social unrest in France, yeah. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to go back by bus from Chantilly and we're, you know, uh, and to Paris because the bus of the organization went, was bringing us back after the, the evening. And mm. uh, everyone was very stressed to come back to, um, to Paris, crossing the, the, the suburb, uh, mm. the northern suburb of Paris. The, the bus uh, uh, driver was saying, you know, we might not be able to cross. We might be able to have to leave oh, you yeah. in Charles de Gaulle uh, and you take <laughs> the train. Uh, I don't want to risk my bus, etc. Oh my God. Know, and you know, and I was, you know, reminded, saying, okay, uh, I, 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 when I'm in Kiev, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, 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 last time I was in Kiev, I remember I was, you know, eating at the Arsenal at some very good oysters, and, uh, and I said, and I said, okay, well, you know, come on, I mean, I'm, you're very stressed here. I mean, it's cool, it's, much, it's, it's much more chill than when I'm in in Ukraine. So no, there is a, an absolutely, I mean, it's where things are happening and the things will happen. Uh, geostrategically, economically speaking, the, uh, you know, the, the people often say that thirty uh, percent of the GDP of uh, of Ukraine has collapsed. I mean, has disappeared uh, in the mm. war. Yeah, that's true. But seventy percent is still there, and mm. uh, it means that you know, uh, when you're in Kiev in the morning, you've got some traffic jam, and in the evening you've got some traffic jam because it's a city where people go to the office. Full stop. Mm. I mean, uh, people sometimes don't really understand that. And uh, yeah. and I was the last time I came back from Kiev, um, I was in the in the night train, um, uh, sharing uh, the compartment with a, a gentleman who was uh, half Bulgarian and half Spanish, and mm. we started, of course, to chat. And uh, uh, I said, "Well, you know, are you humanitarian?" And he said, no, no, uh, <laughs> I went to see my clients in Zaporizhia. I said, come on, what, 
what, you, what is your business? Uh, oh, we are uh, we are a fishing company, an industrial fishing company in Vigo in Galicia. Uh, I think it's Galicia um, mm. in Spain. And we, uh, you know, uh, our, one of our big clients is the fish market of Zaporizhia. And uh, I went to see my client. Wow. I, I come to visit him every two months. Uh, and that mm. has not changed uh, ever since the beginning mm. of the war. And uh, and he showed me pictures mm, of absolutely. the of the of the fish market of Zappo, and it was absolutely incredible. You had everything you needed. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. and the guy was doing business. It was business as usual. Yeah. Uh, and that was uh, you know, uh, I mean, the the best sushi uh, the best sushi restaurant I found over the past five years was in uh, in Lviv. Every time I go to Lviv, I stop to this restaurant, and it's fantastic. The, the, the oh, fish is you're gonna give me the address of that place. Uh, I'll give you the address. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I stay when I meet Viv, I stay in a, in a hotel on the Rhinox Square, which is called um, Oysters and Bubbles. Uh, and and uh, every <laughs> night they've got some uh, oysters coming from Odessa. So uh, yeah. so that, that's you know and the vibe you know the the music industry the people uh, you know it's uh, it's uh, there is a real movement uh, and, mm. and you know the, the entrepreneurship movement is really impressive also. I, I, you know, I speak to many startups in IA, uh, in plenty of different fields, and uh, and it's very, very interesting to see what they are doing and to see the mix up that they do between business and support to the country. Uh, and mm. you know, so and, you know, you got some uh, some uh, some also some um, young politicians with with a clear vision of the future of the country. When you see that DIA mm. has been sold to Estonia, I mean, uh, what Fedorov is doing. Uh, so you know there is a there is a you know, big uh, level of excitement for me uh, in this country. Mm. Wonderful way to end the interview. I absolutely agree with you, and I'm I'm looking forward to to be part of that as well. Yeah, I, I'm sure you know. I, I, I'm a modest business angel in Canada here, uh, mm. and, uh, and and I'm sure that there is scope also for business angel investments. In uh, of course, it's risky. Of course, it's the the timing mm. to invest in Ukraine seems uh, crazy, but. Uh, there, there's, there is such an energy, and there are so many bright people uh, who were, you know, to a certain level uh, until uh, before the war, they were uh, a lot of uh, subcontracting companies for. Yeah. For uh, I think that it's not going to, you know, they're going to gain confidence, and they are going to be leaders instead of uh, of uh, only subcontractors of uh, uh, of Western companies, and uh, yeah. I think that that is a. Uh, there is a very bright future for the IT industry in uh, in Ukraine, and from you know yes. also a lot of uh, other industries. But uh, I think IT for me it's uh, it's what I know, and uh, it's very interesting. Absolutely wonderful. Well, thank thanks a lot for that. It's it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Smart Branding Podcast. Feel free to visit smartbranding.com for more information and reach out if you have any suggestions, questions, ideas, or just want to learn more about how a good domain name strategy can help you build a strong and successful brand. See you next time.